How's it going, everyone? Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined by Abigail Ochoa, high school sports reporter from the Eagle. We are back. This is season two of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast, episode one. This is a show centered around the biggest storylines in Texas high school football here in the Brazos Valley. And Abigail, we are just days away from the start of the 2021 football season. How crazy is that? Yeah, a little scary, huh? I mean, it's always a busy time for everybody. So it's uh, right now it's about preparing for that craziness and and getting started. But um, it's always exciting. Um, I think we're going to have we have a lot of great teams in the Browns Valley this year, and I'm really excited to kind of see what they're able to do. For sure. Well, today's show, we are centering around previewing the biggest storylines in the Brazos Valley heading into this season. And we've got a big guest today, Matt Stepp, uh, Texas high school football insider from Dave Campbell's Texas football. You may have listened to the show in the middle of the summer. We had him on to preview the state seven on seven tournament. He's very knowledgeable. Uh, and we're looking forward to hearing some insight on what Matt has on his mind in regards to the teams in the Brazos Valley. Uh, today's episode is also going to feature discussion on some of the biggest storylines facing each of the local high schools here in Bryan College Station, uh, specifically in, in our area, if Franklin can make another run at a state championship and finally bring home that elusive state title, and what other area Brazos Valley teams could make some noise this fall. Well, without further ado, let's send it over. And uh, here's our conversation with Dave Campbell's Matt Stepp. Welcome back, everyone. We're joined now by Matt Stepp. He's an insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, if there, if there's a guy to go to for Texas high school football info, it's got to be this guy. I mean, not only not only does he bring you good content about what's going on on the field, he's got he's got good food takes. He's got other good things. Uh, Matt, how, how are we doing today? Man, it's the nicest intro I've gotten in a long time. I appreciate it. I need to, I need to, ha- I need to hire you as my publicist. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. You guys do a heck of a job uh, down there in the Brazos Valley. And uh, I'm just ready for football season. You know, it's, it's, it's time. You know, us sports writers and journalists, you know, we, we like our time off in the summer, but I think we also are so used to being busy year-round that we – we don't know what to do with time on our hands. So it's good to kind of get back into that routine of going to games again and, and being out there. For sure. Well, Matt, just starting it off, you know, here, here in Bryan college station, there's, there's four big local schools uh, at the five, a six, a level, you know, what do you kind of see from, from these four schools, you know, three went to the playoffs last year and the Rudder Rangers were oh so close to making it for the first time. I think there's a good chance that all four make the playoffs this year. Obviously, uh, you know, you start in 6A with Brian, the Vikings, uh, Coach Ross Rogers, and that that crew. Um, I, I think they've got a great shot to get back to the playoffs. I knew when realignment happened that they got moved out of the Cy Fair District into a more traditional Central Texas alignment with schools um, a little closer to their demographics and a little closer to their school size. But they would fare well, and they had a good year last year and got in the playoffs. I got a chance to watch them. Uh, against uh, Shoemaker, I believe. They played on a Thursday night there at Buckley and Colleen. I got a chance to watch them. You can see a lot of young talent. Um, you know, Nick Carraway really stood out to me right off the bat as a big-time Division One prospect. You know, he's already – I believe he's committed 
Uh, he's a Division One commit already, and he's he's a heck of a player. They got they have a young quarterback who who impressed me uh, last year. I, I think Temple's a favorite in twelve six A. I mean, I don't think there's any question that the Wildcats are the team to beat in twelve six A. But I think after that, uh, there's no reason Brian can't finish. To me, it's high. I mean, I I have them picked second in the district right now. I think that differs a little bit from the magazine, but in my own personal view. I think Brian's a team that can finish um, as high as number two in that district. Yeah, um, talking a little bit now, kind of about the, the College Station area teams. You got Consol, obviously looking for um, to really lean on a new quarterback this year, and then you got College Station looking, hoping to make another run like they did in, in 2017. Um, do you think the Cougars can break through that region this season? Having it, you know, they've had a hard time breaking through the area around these last few years. Yeah, you know, you start at College Station, and we, we have them ranked very highly. And I do believe they're a top-10 team in the state of Texas in 5A Division One. They are, re- you know, Coach Huff does a great job there. They've got their program in place. A lot of experience and a lot of really productive players returning. Um, I think number three in the state is a little rich for my blood. I don't think they're – I don't think they're at that top-five type level. I think they're more of a six-to-eight range right now. Um, the problem for College Station is the region. I mean, if they were – Region three, I think you could really put them as a favorite, a, a regional favorite, but they're in region two where five, there's four other top 10 teams in the state of Texas in that region. You know, you, where you look at defending state champion Denton Ryan, you look at Highland Park, you look at Longview, you look at Frisco Lone Star, even a team like Lancaster just outside of the top 10. I mean, they're, this is a loaded, loaded region and, and it's just, it's full of minefields. And I think where College Station struggles on paper against the schools like Highland Park, Ryan and Longview is up front in the trenches. I don't think they're deep enough in those spots. And I think especially in playoff type games in November when it's cold and it's, and it's kind of gross outside and you need that physical play up front to, to make the difference. That's where I think college station lacks. If they get better than expected production up front, I think they have a chance to play with anyone in the state of Texas, but that's, that's the key for them is going to be up front. I think they got the skill kids to play with anybody. It's just in the trenches. Uh, Consol, I got a lot of questions about Consol. I think they're, I think they're a playoff team. There's a lot of unknowns there. Saw them in the state seven on seven tournament, and just on the, and I know they didn't have all their guys there, but just on the eyeball test with their skill kids, they didn't look as dynamic as they have in years past. And I know trying to compare this college, this Consol team to the one from a couple of years ago where they had uh, Darby and those guys is not quite fair. But um, they just didn't look as dynamic. I think Huntsville is still a t- is the team to beat once again in that district. But I think Consol um, is still a solid bet for the number two spot. I think the real battle is going to be for those last couple of playoff spots where you had the two Montgomery schools and I think Rudder, who, you know, Coach Eric Ezar. I've known Coach Ezar for a long time. He's a great coach, does a heck of a job, and he's really done a good job uh, with the Rudder Rangers. And I think I think this if they're, if they're going to get into the playoffs – I think this is the year for Rudder to get in. It lines up for them. They got the experience. They have EJ Ezar back at quarterback. I think it lines up for them to be a contender for one of those playoff spots where I think Consol, even though I've got questions, I think I still think they're a solid uh, number two in District uh, 10 5A Division Two. Well, when you start when you start getting outside of Bryan College Station and you look at the Brazos Valley at large, I mean, you got to start with Franklin. Um, you know, state runner up last year. They're the number one preseason team in, in y'all's uh, 3A Division II rankings. You know, first, w- what's it going to take to kind of replicate a run like that if you're Franklin? And do you think this is the year the Lions finally bring home that gold that gold medal? 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's actually a pick in the magazine that I agree with. I really think Franklin is the team to beat in 3A Division Two. It lines up for them. They're a big 3A Division Two school, so you know they're kind of right on that Division One, Division Two border. They kind of float back. I think they were in Division One uh, in the last realignment, so they kind of float there. So they've got good numbers for that level, good depth. They've got experience. They have experience back at all the key positions. It lines up for them. They, I don't think they have to do any. I don't think they need to reinvent the wheel. I think they just need to really take last year's blueprint and hope that they're a year faster, a year stronger, and a year more experienced. And I think they can get it done. Um, the district is tough. 13 3A Division II is one of the best districts uh, in the state. And I think Lexington is going to to really be right there with them. Lexington was a weird team last year. They had they started out really strong. And I don't know what happened in the middle of the year. I'm guessing injuries and those types of things uh, kind of knocked them down a little bit. But they got hot at the end of the year and made that night, you know, beating East Bernard in the first round of the playoffs. They made that nice run. So um, I, I think Lexington's going to be right there. But I think Franklin's still, you know, clearly the team to beat, although Lexington probably has the best player in the region in, in A&M commit, Jared Kerr. Yeah. Well, Matt, before we let you go, is there any other Brazos Valley teams, small, big schools, um, that you have that you'll have your eye on this fall. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll keep my eye on Snook. Um, I know they've, they've had a coaching change this offseason. You know, Coach Patterson went over to Caldwell, um, but it, this speaks to the job that he did at Snook. I mean, Snook's never really. I mean, they they just started playing football not too long ago. They didn't even have football not that long ago, and they've really made an investment in their facilities. They've made an investment in football, and they had a nice run last year, getting to the third round of the playoffs. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping an eye on, an eye on the Blue Jays in two A Division two. Um, I don't know how long they're going to be two A Division two. I don't know if they're going to be moving up anytime soon, but I know that um, they've done some good things and they've got their program established. And I think uh, in there, I think they're they're the team to beat. And I think them and Granger will kind of be battling it out, battling it out in uh, District. Uh, I want to say it's District thirteen two A Division two. So uh, I would definitely be be keeping an eye on the Snook Blue Jays as well. But you know, for for me at the small school level. Um, it's really Franklin. Um, you know, I think Navasota is, is an interesting team. They're in a really tough district. It's a deep district. There's a lot of, you know, that district in, in 13-4A Division II doesn't have anyone who I would say is like a bona fide state title contender, but there's like five really good teams in that district that are all pretty evenly matched. And, you know, you lose to the wrong team, you could be missing the playoffs. That's Navasota is a fun team to watch because they're in a really fun district to watch. Well, Matt, Thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes just giving kind of your thoughts on some of the key storylines here in the Brazos Valley. You know, before we let you go, you know, how can people find you and kind of read your work as, as the season approaches? Yeah, first off, appreciate you guys having me on. I'm looking forward to running into you guys uh, during the season. I'm sure in my travels I will be uh, running into y'all at some point. Um, so great to see you guys. Um, uh my work can be found at texasfootball.com. That's the Dave Campbell's website, texasfootball.com. Um, and then you can uh, follow me. I'm a, I'm a pretty active Twitter follower. I, I think I tweet too much. My wife gets mad at me because I tweet a lot. But uh, uh, my Twitter is Matt with two T's underscore step with two P's, 817. So, uh, if I, you know, if you can deal with uh, a lot of high school football and t uh, tweets about my, my terrible baseball team uh, and food tweets, then, uh, yeah, you, you won't mind my follow too much then. Welcome back, everyone. I want to give another big thanks to Matt Step for coming on. Um, hold up, let's start that over. <laughs> All right, ready? in three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone. I want to give another big thanks to Matt for coming on and giving his thoughts. Uh, you know, Matt's got a lot of teams to keep tabs on, so 
for him yeah. to give some good insight on our teams here in the Brazos Valley. We we're really appreciative of that. Well, Abigail, uh, l- let's jump back into it and let's break down our, our four big local teams first. Um, and, and let's start with the Vikings. Uh, you know, we've been spending these last uh, few weeks, you know, working on our season previews and, uh, Abigail, you got a chance to talk with Coach Rogers and some of the Viking players. You know, what's kind of the key storyline for them uh, this heading into this season? Yeah, I'm really excited to see them play this season. I, I think it, it's almost kind of – it'll be a double-edged sword for them, I think, this season. They'll have to kind of deal with having a great roster of guys, but also, you know, they're not going to have – they don't have a lot of depth. They're, they're only going to have about 40 guys on the team this season. 6A, you're used to seeing 55 to 60 guys on the roster. Um, so I think it's going to kind of be most of the season is going to be them balancing that. But they have great guys to start out with. So let's talk a little bit about those guys. Um, they get 16 uh, starters back, um, which is going to be great. Gooden gets back at quarterback. Then you got Paul Hill and Allen um, running for them. And then Vivaldi, uh, Vivaldi um, at, at wide receiver. So offensively, um, I think they're going to be really good. I think they have a lot of those, you know, returners back who we saw what they could do last year. Having come into this new district, um, like Matt mentions, um, getting away from those Cypress-based teams um, where they have a little bit of hard time keeping up with them. Um, you get Caraway back along with nine returners on defense. Um, you know, I talked to Nick Caraway. Uh, he, he committed to Purdue this summer and, and – uh, He's going to be a great guy for them. I think we're going to hear a lot about him and be talking a lot about him on this podcast throughout the season. Um, he said defense is where they have the most depth. Um, so I'm really excited to see them get going. Um, obviously, he'll have Paul Hill and Allen, who uh, will be playing both sides of the ball. Um, and then, uh, you know, they just got a lot of good guys. But I think um, injuries and staying healthy overall will be a big thing for them this season. I know. Last year, they had to, you know, cancel a couple games in the beginning. Um, and I believe there was a forfeit later on, but I, I don't think that was because of them. I think that was because of the other team. Um, but regardless, they're really going to have to keep those injuries and just staying healthy um, to a minimum. You don't want, you know, these guys who are playing both ways. Uh, to, one guy gets hurt and then you don't have him on either side of the ball. So I think that'll be a big thing. You know, Roger said that, uh, most of these guys, he's hoping that he doesn't have to start them on offense and defense. But if it comes down to it, if guys get tired, um, which is very possible with the long season, if, you know, injuries happen, um, those, you know, some people will have to play both ways. So it's really going to be a balancing act for them, I think. Um, but they, they have a great roster, a lot of returners, a lot of guys who have played uh, really good football the past couple of years. And, um, I think they'll be ready to, you know, face this. They, they have a tough district. Um, so I think, you know, these guys have faced these teams before and they were able to get, if not, if they didn't beat the team, they were, got really close to it. I um, mean, we, we talked about that a lot last season of them having that fight in them. So um, I'm excited to see what they're able to do, but um, it'll really depend on how well they're able to balance um, having a great roster, but not as much depth. For sure. Well, moving down to the 5A level, uh, 
I got a chance to look at AM Consolidated and and Rudder. And, you know, I'll just kind of I'll go back to back real quick on each of them since they're in the yeah. same district. Um, yeah. You know, looking at the Tigers, uh, the, the big question heading into fall camp was who would be their new starting quarterback? And well, they've kind of found their guy. It's going to be senior Brody Daniel, guy who played receiver last year. Uh, he's quite an athlete. You know, he's committed to Tulane to play baseball. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's really athletic. Uh, offense is going to be maybe a little more tailored to the run. Uh, he was a guy that played a little bit of Wildcat quarterback at times last year. But he seems to be the guy that Consol's uh, focused on. And, you know, last year, Consol finished third in that district. Uh, Huntsville definitely the favorite again in District 10, 5A Division two. But, you know, as Step said, you know, a- after that, you know, Consol, Consol's a team that's really competing with the likes of the Montgomery schools, Montgomery and Lake Creek, and then the Rudder, Rudder Rangers, who, you know, they're trying to finish in the top four for the first time ever. Uh, and so, yeah, for, for Consol, you know, I- I'm really curious to see how it all comes together. You know, last year, Sutton Lake was one of the stars that really emerged from their team. And he graduated and now they're, now they're going to be turning toward Keyshawn Thomas, who he, you know, he played as a freshman last year on, on varsity, yeah. really good backup. He's going to be stepping in that full-time role, you know, on defense uh, linebacker is, is really a strong suit. When you, when you look at their players returning, whether it's Cole Eckhart or Tyndall McNamara or Brock Slayton, I mean, that second level is really stable and really strong for them. And then up front, they got, they got Jaden Thomas back. You know, they lose guys like uh, Eric Goodman and Vince Sheffield, who were really, really phenomenal players for the Tigers. But, you know, they, they've got guys that are going to fill in those shoes, I think, really well. Uh, I, I'm just curious at how it all comes together. And, you know, if Consol uh, can, can win some of those close games against some of those middle-of-the-pack teams and, you know, maybe be a little more competitive in a game uh, against Huntsville, un- unlike last season. So, so that's really what I'm looking for, the Tigers. You know, as, as far as Rudder goes, you know, it all it all starts with EJ Ezar. I mean, he he is the guy to watch. He's going to be a, a third year starter. Um, he's he's a coach's son. And, you know, last year, just talking with them, it was playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. You know, they had the, they had the hot start. They were, they were winning games and everything was looking up and cheery. And then they lost some really close ones, you know. Uh, they lost the game against Consol in overtime, uh, 24-21. And, you know, you could just see the the spirit kind of crushed there at the end after a, a pretty successful uh, start to the season. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Rudder uh, is able to replace some guys, especially a receiver. You know, you lose a guy like Keith Ron Lee, who was a guy that you could get the ball to and without question was going to make some big plays. You lose a guy like Marcus Dials, who is a very reliable, very steady, consistent number two receiver. Uh, but, you know, where they're looking at now, they've got a couple of juniors, Nate Figures and Kevin Holmes, who are both six foot four. So, you know, you might lose some firepower, but you get some really good height. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, I, think, I think talent is there. I think maybe there's a little more depth there at the skill positions when you look at guys like you know Michael Lister and Katon King and Montavian Reed uh at running back you know there's there's depth there for Rudder um and you know playoffs are still on their mind they they obviously want to be 
the first team to break through. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to the playoffs? But, um, you know, I think they've kind of realized like, hey, the playoffs is the goal, but we got to we got to do this week by week. And, you know, that's kind of coach speak. But when you start looking ahead too far, you lose sight of what's right in front of you. And I think Rudder realizes, hey, we got to focus what's going on this Friday and we got to win what's right in front of us so that when week 11 comes around, we can finally be playing like we've been wanting to for the last 14 years. Not to mention the Ezars are in their last seasons together. So, right. you know, EJ's a senior, he's graduating. I, I talked to them a little bit about that. It, he's, he's ready to get at least to the playoffs, uh, get to experience that with his father. Uh, he said that they've done a lot with this program in the last three years, and he hopes that that is the outcome, at least in his senior year. So, yeah. Uh, it'll playoffs are surely on their minds. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's, there's another father son duo on the other side of town that <laughs> is looking yeah. to make a deep run. Abigail, you know, step kind of touched on college station, but you know, what, what's kind of the key storyline for the Cougars heading into this year? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, they're not lacking people <laughs> uh, for, for Jet Huff to throw to, uh, for people to run for them offensively, defense, uh, defensively. I mean, they, they, they don't lack people at all. I know we, we talked a lot about it um, during seven on seven of, of getting able to, being able to see Jet Huff, um, you know, come back for his senior year, but also have so many targets that he's able to throw to and good targets, you know, reliable guys, real tall guys as well. Uh, you got Houston Thomas, Dalton Carnes, Traylon Sewell, and a young uh, Cash Richter, uh, who we got to see a little bit uh, last season, and especially in seven on seven, he had a few good things going on there. So I'm excited to see him. But um, you know, the core Thomas, Carnes, and Sewell had about 1,800 yards combined last year, um, and about 17 touchdowns. I could have done that math wrong, but um, wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so. Uh, It'll be exciting to see Huff um, kind of, it, it seems like they have a really good relationship, uh, you know, with receiver and quarterback. I mean, they talked a lot about during the offseason of they, uh, this large senior class has grown up together, um, basically. And so I think that will help them a lot um, when it comes down to, to, you know, Huff connecting with these guys. Um, and he had a great completion rating last year um, with, uh, with some of these guys. So We'll see how that works out. Um, that'll balance with the run game that they have going on. They'll have Marquise Collins coming back. Um, and then they'll have young, younger players in Nate Palmer and uh, Bradley Jones um, also helping out um, to replace Roger Brown, who um, graduated last year. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a really nice balance. Houston Thomas was talking about how their run game opens up their passing game. So, it's going to be really nice to see that happen. Um, they have great guys to do both of those things. Um, so that would be really cool. They, they returned three starters on their offensive line, um, which I think were big for Huff last year. Um, Corey Hendricks comes back. He's an SMU commit. So I think they're, they're settled there at least a little bit. And then, uh, you know, you get to their defense, and it's another laundry list of guys who um, – Everybody's excited to see again. You've got Jackson Flanker, uh, Harrison Robinson, Lucas Sampson, Kyle Wash, and that's just the linebackers. <laughs> you know, then you got defensive backs like Byron Johnson, who's also returning. So um, I think that's 
really exciting. We saw what they could do last year. Slinker led them. Um, I can't remember exactly how many tackles he had, but I mean, it was, it, he made the all Brazos Valley team. He made all district. I'm pretty sure. So it was enough to get on those lists. Um, and then you got your, your defensive line. Um, they returned Caleb Scout and um, Connor Lindgren. Um, Huff said that they're adding a couple guys. You know, they're just trying to see how these young guys uh, compare to these veterans and how they're going to be able to help this season. And that's going to be key, especially on defense of um, just trying to find the right fit. Huff said that Kyle Wash will be moved around. He's at linebacker right now, but, you know, he can really go anywhere. He can play offense. He can move around on defense and stuff like that. Um, Huff said that they're going to add Corbin Johnson and um, Dayan Ahmed um, to the defensive line and kind of add some speed and depth there. Um, so we'll see. It, it'll be a, a mixture of having a lot of veterans, but also having some young guys come in and, and seeing what they can do, especially, I mean, that's going to be important when all these seniors graduate. So um, it'll be interesting to see that. But I think overall, they're pretty stacked um, as far as roster goes. And then you got Dawson um, Scramp. Am I saying it Scramp? Scramp. Um, uh, back at kicker. So <laughs> that guy's as consistent, as, I think, as you can get. Um, and he's he was key for them last year in those tough games. I mean, uh, I, sometimes a field goal is, is exactly what you need in, in that moment. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I haven't said the whole College Station roster, and I'm sorry if I missed your name, but <laughs> but it seems like um, it, it's going to be a really big season for them, and I'm excited to see where they can go. Obviously, the long-term goal for them is to win um, that district this year and um, go into the playoffs and get out of that area round funk that they've been in. But like Matt Stubbs said, it's such a tough region, and they're really going to need to find um, that fight this season to get through that that gauntlet that you get to once you get to the playoffs. For sure. And, you know, shameless plug, next week the <laughs> Eagles high school football preview yeah. tab is going to be on stands in papers and Abigail has written a fantastic cover story uh, profiling so. the Ezars and the Huffs. So please be on the lookout for that. It's coming out next Wednesday. All right, Abigail, moving along. Let's, let's look at okay. our small schools. Um, we got to start with Franklin. We won't spend too much time on them, but it's no question Franklin, probably the top area team in the Brazos Valley, number one preseason in 3A Division Two. I mean, and rightfully so. State runner-up last year, and they literally bring back almost everybody except Seth Spiller and a couple other guys on defense who are really uh, key contributors. But, I mean, when, when, you, when you start going down the list, I mean, you start naming guys. You got Marcus Wade. You got Malcolm Murphy. You got Hayden Helton, Braden Smith, Hayes Tomasic, Chess Samblin, Seth Shamblin. Blah, excuse me. <laughs> um, you know, Bryson Washington. Uh, the list goes on and on, just like we listed yeah. the College Station Cougars. You know, yeah. do you think Franklin can make another championship game run? And why do you think that? Yeah, I think it's very possible that we could be doing another podcast from, you know, AT&T Stadium after a Franklin game. I mean, um, after, you know, we obviously talked last year about 
um, the strength that they had, I mean, in everywhere. I, they had a great roster last year. Um, they, they only graduated eight. I mean, they returned almost everybody. It's amazing that uh, I'm sure for, for Coach Fannin, I mean, that's, that's got to be a plus coming back from, you know, going to the state championship and then bringing back most of the guys that you took there. Um, so, so that's going to be really um, awesome to see. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing that they're going to have to change um, compared to last season is their pass defense. I think that really made the, the difference. We know what their offense can do. They're able to run. They have all those guys that you just listed. They have Marcus Wade um, at quarterback um, who, who doesn't get a lot, you know, he doesn't get a lot of chances to throw, but when he does, he does connect with those guys and, and it, it, it's good. But I think defensive wise, they're going to have to stop the schools that are, you know, all pass and no run. Uh, they, they saw trouble in the playoffs last, last season. Um, you know, when they play Buffalo, when they play, even when they play Canadian in the state championship game, um, if the other team can pass, that's going to be a hard time for them. So I think it's going to be really about seeing them um, kind of uh, their past defense just needs to improve in that way. And I think if they're able to do that and then add that to, to what their offense is able to do with those guys on it, um, I think they're going to be unstoppable. And I think we will be back at, at in Dallas Um for that game, we saw, um, you know, last year, Fannin said that they were trying to um, put the pass and the run together offensively. And I think we saw a little bit of that, but I think this season, I think it's gonna be more apparent um, with Wade getting more snaps and, and getting chances to throw a little bit more. We saw that in seven on seven, they got to the semifinals there. Um, so I, I think he's getting good practice in. I know he's coming off a, Injury, I it was like last spring or last uh, summer. Yeah, he had he had a mi- he had a minor injury in uh, basketball season, but he's a he's at full go, ready to, ready to rock yeah. and roll. Yeah, and so I mean, we saw him this summer. I know we were at most of those games um, together, but I think uh, I think he looks really good. He he has the guys to throw to. Hayden Helton is a guy. I, I I'm sure we mentioned him already, but. Um, He's a really tall guy. He, he came in clutch for them last year. Um, so I think it's going to be really exciting. But again, that pass defense, I think it's going to be the difference in, in how they fare in the playoffs. I think for sure they'll make it there, but um, how far they get, I think will depend on that. For sure. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see if there's going to be any kind of playoff rematches like there were last year. You know, they had to beat Lexington twice oh, yeah. and then they had to beat Buffalo twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then if, if, if Franklin's able to get that far down the road, you know, do they have another rematch with Waska? You know, do they have another rematch with Canadian or, do you, you know, Gunter is a team that uh, lost to Canadian in that semifinal round last year, a team that people are expecting to be really good again this year. Um, and they kind of have a wacky offense from what I gather. Uh, but you know, can you beat a team four times in two seasons. I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah. lot. Um, yeah. you know, that, that was, that was the thing last year, coach Fanny kept talking about it. He was like, you know, it's one thing to beat a team once, but it's another thing to beat them twice in the same season. So, uh, that is way do down it. the road, but <laughs> I'm expecting the Lions to be there. And I, and I'm curious if that is something that they can do again, let's move along. Think- oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Oh, I was just going to say, if they play Wascom again, I'm putting my bid in to cover that game. 
because I covered last year and it was an amazing game. And I'm sure Wascom is, I mean, I'm sure they have not forgotten about that. So um, we'll see if Hayden Helton can grab a touchdown in, in the end zone in the corner of the end zone. But um, yeah, that's my bid right now if they do play Wascom again. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, let's let's just share a couple other small area schools that we've got an eye on this fall and maybe just one quick key storyline that we're looking for. Uh, Abigail, you can go first with your two teams. Okay. Um, so Navasota, um, I know Matt talked a little bit about them, but um, I'm really excited to see them and, and see how, what they're able to do this season. I think their playoff run, um, I believe, I might be messing this up. I think they made it to the, Semifinals or the regionals, I can't remember. But um, either way, I think the run, um, their playoff run last year really kind of set up their team this year. And I think it gives them a lot of confidence, even though they got out after three rounds. Um, and I say that because, you know, they lost Darius Randall after by district. He, you know, hurt his ankle. He he had a few snaps here and there in the in the next two games, but really he was he was pretty much down now. Um, to lose a guy like that and to still get that far is pretty impressive. But then they also lost uh, Jamar Jesse, the quarterback, in the second round. Um, you know, he got, he had a hurt shoulder. He got hit really hard um, on a play he was trying to run. And um, so then you get your backup quarterback, Drew Gonzalez, coming in. Uh, but then I think the real story is Jamarin Rear. I always say his last name wrong. I apologize. But um, – he came in for, for Darius Randall at running back. And that guy, that guy has it all. I'm really excited to see what he, he's able to do this year. And um, I think being able to see their backups and, and their younger guys step up last year in the playoffs and now having them back again this year, a year under their belt, a little bit um, more experienced under Friday Night Lights, um, I think it's going to be really important for them. Um, then you get Xavier Steptoe back. Um, then they're also adding John Lee and Keyshawn Wilson as targets for Jesse, um, who's now healthy and, 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 and back. So uh, their defense is a little bit young this um, year. You know, Casey Jackson said that, um, but I think they're going to, they're going to really come back and, and um, fight hard to, to get through this district again. They went four and one. It's a tough district. They have to go through a gauntlet of, of really good teams. And they were able to do that with a four and one record and get three rounds in. So um, I think especially this year with that ex some of that experience back in those, um, those guys who were able to step up is really going to help them. Um, and then do you want me to do my next one? Or you yeah, go ahead. All right. <laughs> um, and then we got Norma G. Um, obviously, Isaiah Jones, I think, is undoubtedly um, the guy for them this year. We saw the last few years, you know, they kind of leaned on um, – Luke Yellett and, and Mason Hardy and those types of things. But uh, Isaiah Jones is coming in to replace Mason Hardy um, after he graduated. He's coming in from wide receiver to quarterback. Um, he's played on and off, he said, throughout his career of football. Um, and he really got a chance in the last three quarters of the playoff game when um, Hardy got hurt. Um, Jones ended up being the offensive MVP for that district. Um, and I think he's – you know, I talked to Coach Sitton about it. He said he's really going to use him. You know, he's going to be the starting quarterback, but he's really going to move him around. I mean, when you have a guy like that who could, who could catch and throw and, and run and is really good on his feet, I think um, that'll be really important for them to see him in different spots. So 
although he is a starting quarterback, he, he will be moved around. And then offensive line, um, Jones said he's really excited to have Molina and Cornish back. He said, it, he said uh, if anybody's able to get past them, then kudos to them because it'll be hard. So um, they're happy with those guys back. You got Tate Frank and Spencer Yellett um, to hopefully replace Jones on the outside there. And um, a young, young Wyatt Van Volkenberg coming in also as a receiver. So, um, you know, they have a lot of good guys on both sides of the ball returning, um, obviously playing, most of them playing both sides. Um, so, but yeah, Jones will be the, the main guy for them this season. And um, I think we'll be talking a lot about him. For sure. Uh, he is, he is quite an athlete and we're, yeah. we're, we'll be curious to see what he's able to do at quarterback moving there full time. Two teams that I got an eye on, you got to start with the Hearn Eagles, okay, up in Robertson County. Hearn's got the pieces. My question is, can they put it all together? You know, on defense, it starts with Stephen Kraft Mitchell at D-tackle. They've got Anthony Jackson at defensive end. Uh, those two guys are really strong up front uh, down in the trenches for the Eagles. And then on the offensive side, you know, they've got quite the playmaker in Jabari Dunn. Uh, he, he's a really exciting guy. You go watch the tape. I mean, he gets the ball in open field and he's a hard guy to catch and bring down. The question is that quarterback, you know, they've got Keyshawn Langham who's moving over from cornerback. He will still play cornerback for the Eagles, but you know, he's going to be moving over at quarterback now for Hearn, uh, taking over for Micah Smith, a four-year starter who is quite the quarterback there at Hearn. So, you know, we'll see how that transition goes. But if you're Hearn, you re- you really got you really like what uh, you have supporting Keyshawn Langham, especially a guy like Jabari Dunn. Another team that I got my eye on is Lexington. You know, if there's a team in Franklin's district that can challenge them and wants to beat them, especially it's gonna be Lexington. Yeah. <laughs> and as Step said earlier, uh, Jared Kerr is probably the best player in our area this year. Um, you know, I got to talk with Jared a couple weeks ago over in Lexington. And I mean, he, he, he is the most humble and modest guy that you talk to. He's a, he's a really big team player and his football IQ is through the roof. You know, after I got done interviewing him, I, I was talking to him a little bit and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy is so smart and intelligent. And then you talk with coach mole over there at Lexington and, you know, he's talking about how. He wants to run some man zone coverages for Jared, but Jared's IQ might be just a little higher than some of the others. <laughs> um, and so he, he he's moving him over to the free safety spot uh, this year full time. And so trying to trying to maximize Jared's skill set on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, Jared told me I'm, I've been working on improving my pass coverage. Uh, you know, they're. They're going to they're going to face a few teams, you know, down at the 3A level. You don't see a ton of people airing it out. But here and there, you know, you, you're going to face a team maybe like Rogers or, or West um, Buffalo brings back their quarterback. So, you know, the, the question is, can the Eagles get a little bit more from some of those other guys? You know, good thing for Lexington, they got a four. They got a four-year starter at quarterback, uh, Sheldon Springer. You know, Coach Mull said they're they're ta- tailoring the offense just a little bit to Springer's skill set. And then you know you you go you go down the line a little bit, and they've got they've got Dalen Washington. 
They got Case and Byer. Uh, they've got Evan Patchkey. Uh, so they, they've got some guys there at those skill positions that can kind of supplement what Jared brings to the table, especially in times where, you know, Jared may not be on offense every single play because they've got to kind of limit his snaps and pick and choose the right moments of when they're going to put him in the game and get him the ball. Because one of the things Coach Mull said last year was, you know, Jared was playing a lot and what his body just kind of took a beating. Um, yeah. And so for him to have the longevity to go 13, 14, and if you're Lexington, you're hoping 15 and 16 games, you're going to need your star player to be in good health and good condition all the way through the season. So, you know, they're, they're really picking and choosing where they put Jared at certain spots, but you know, they're hoping some of these other guys can step up and make plays when they, when Jared's not on the field uh, to keep them rolling. So, you know, Lexington, very talented team. They've got some really good senior leaders. Um, they've got the drive. They've got the passion. I'm curious to see if they can, they can really be a contender, especially toward Franklin, not only in district, but in potentially in the playoffs too. So uh, one other small school note, you know, Dimebox, they won't be playing this season. Uh, not enough players. Uh, you got you to feel for those guys because, you know, Dimebox starting the football program two years ago, making the playoffs for the first time last year. You know, that was a team we kind of thought, hey, maybe maybe they're going to keep taking some steps forward. They had some really talented guys there uh, with Blake Scott, Mason Spachik, uh, a couple other guys. But uh, fortunately for them, not going to be able to play this fall. So. Yeah. All right, Abigail, we're, we're wrapping things up with our private schools. Um, we'll start with Allen Academy. Uh, the Rams really successful run last year. Uh, at, to the state championship game, weren't able to bring home the state championship, but you know they're they're looking to have another good run this year. What's kind of the key storyline for the Rams this season? Yeah, you know I think um, last year we were talking about kind of their motto of the revenge tour of of you know getting into the state um, championships after missing out in the semis on in, in 2019. Um, they got there, they got to the state title game, and and they lost. So I think. This year, their motto is uh, chapter 21, um, you know, just kind of signifying that they're moving on from the past a little bit. They're, they're worried about the future right now. And as much as they want to get back to the state title game, and, and they really do, um, I think they're really going to be focusing on a, a, having a one game at a time mentality and, and not putting that pressure on themselves to get back there. Um, uh, and they very well could be, uh, but they did lose a lot of key starters, a lot of all-staters, um, you know, Ryan Castle, Aaron Bogner, uh, Elias Choppa, and Burton Tucker, um, a, a lot of guys that played really good football for them. I mean, when you're a 6A team and you lose at least four of them who were playmakers, I mean, that's that's pretty tough. So, um, but luckily they do get back some veterans in Luke Meadows and um, Jihu Lee, and, and you get Ethan Lucas, who was a freshman quarterback, um, last year, I believe he got a lot of good playing time, though, um, letting Brent Tucker kind of step away a little bit from that role and, and help them in other ways. So, um, you know, I believe Lucas even started in the state title game. So um, that was that's good that they have. He's a young guy for them, but believe it or not, he's almost a little bit of a veteran this season. Um, you know, they, they're going to have a big junior class that's going to have to step up a lot of guys um, who have trained under these veterans that left um, 
after last season. So, you know, Coach Adams talks a lot about these guys have the upper hand in that sense of having trained under these guys and, and gotten to learn with learn from them these past few years, especially with big runs to the state title game and state semifinals. Um, but it's going to be a, lot, a big difference when you're actually underneath those Friday night lights and, and getting them um, there. But I think um, we're going to see a lot of them learning in the beginning, and, and hopefully they start to find that group somewhere in there. Um, and I think Meadows and, and Lee and Lucas will be a big part of getting them on that, that road back to the state the state title game, um, but it'll be an interesting um, learning curve for them this year that maybe they haven't had in the years past. Um, but like, I mean, they do have a new field and new lights this year, so <laughs> um, that's always a plus for them to to play off play on. And it's always fun for the the players to get uh, a chance to do that. New field is always exciting. Um, but yeah, so it's just going to be a learning curve for them this year, and we'll see how that works out. For sure, you know. Uh another learning curve down at the six man level in, in our private schools is going to be with St. Joe's, uh, you know, St. Joseph had a really, had a really strong senior led team last year, but I mean, they, they only returned just a, a couple of guys from last year's team. And so it, it'll be curious to see how that rebuild goes, but you know, coach Costaleja, really good coach. Uh, so, you know, they, they've got some guys that they're hoping will step up. Uh, coming over from the basketball team, I believe. So, okay. um, and then you got Brazos Christian and uh, Brazos Christian, I think is going to be a team to watch. You know, it all starts with Levi Hancock who plays quarterback and defensive end for them. And he's committed to A&M as a long snapper, which yeah. is a really unique story <laughs> in itself. And you can read about a little more in our high school football preview next week. Uh, but Brazos Christian, they've got 18 starters back, which is a lot of guys. Um, they've got a lot of talent back. And, you know, Coach Hoffmeyer, he's really optimistic about the outlook of their season. You know, they've got they've got a guy like Harris Powers coming back. He was defensive player of the year last year in their district. Uh, you know, they, they've got some good receivers out there with Ryan Burton and Hayden Tillery. You know, Stryker Gate, uh, he's a guy that is going to be – a good returning starter on the defensive side and, you know, up front you offensive line is a group that is much improved for the Eagles. And so they're, they're looking for that to finally be a strength uh, on the offensive side. And so, you know, they've got a really tough non-district schedule, you know, coach Hoffmeyer said they kind of did that intentionally, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Eagles can put together. Uh, we, we might be, we might be looking What's going on over in uh, West Bryan come November uh, a little more? But, uh, Abigail, I think that's all. We, we've, we've broken do down a lot. What did you say? I said, do you think we've talked enough? I, I, I think we might have. <laughs> well, don't forget high school football preview tab. It's coming out this Wednesday. And yes. we're really excited because – it's going to be a very comprehensive preview of all the key storylines of the high school football season here in the Brazos Valley and games are starting next Thursday college station on the road against Hutto. And then we hit the ground running Friday and it's going to be the whole evil crew out there uh, in all corners of the world, probably covering games. So we're looking forward to it. I know you guys are looking forward to it and uh, 
should be a fun fall here in the Brazos Valley. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in for the first episode of the 2021 season of the Brazos Sports Prep Pep Preps Cast. I may not butcher that next week, but for Abigail Ochoa, I'm Alex Miller. We will see you next time.